Today, Robin interviews Aretta Cuff about her experiences growing up as a person of color during the middle of the 20th century, and we enter the blanket fort to talk about surviving the holidays with family. All this and more on The Let's Game! I'm Wendy Sheridan, and you're listening to The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. Hi, I'm Robin Renee. Hi, I'm Mary McGinley, and uh, we have a lot of days and weeks and months going on this this week for um, December 11th is National App Day, so get your favorite app and app apply it. And... <laughs> And on the 13th of December is National Day of the Horse. It's also National Violin Day. So if you could play a violin while riding on your horse, you got that covered. And you pick a pathologist pal day. So you can bring your favorite pathologist on the horse with you. That was a weird one. It says that this day was created to encourage us to make friends with a pathologist or coroner because we never know what tomorrow holds. I'm like, this is a very strange holiday. It is. I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that it's, it's that they come up that the pathologists themselves came up with this day because maybe they don't have enough friends because they're around dead people all the time. And And on the 14th is monkey day. Yay. (laughs) What's the story behind Monkey Day? Well, Do you celebrate monkeys. Monkey Day is exist in existence because um, uh, Casey Sorrow, who was a Michigan State University art student, created National Monkey Day when he wrote Monkey Day on his friend's calendar. So, um, and a celebration followed, and it's grown. Uh, I wonder when the they did that. I must have been. Not this year, but <laughs> it's a couple of years. I don't know. Um, but well, yeah, moving it's... on to the 15th, <laughs> I feel like I'm already in the 15th. It's because it's Cat Herders Day, and I'm hurting the cats right here. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> it's also Bill of Rights Day. That's important. Yes. On this this... Was, that was the day uh, that I think the Bill of Rights was the the lat like the the tenth amendment was finally ratified okay on the 16th is barbie and barney backlash day which sounds really (laughs) good to me that's when moms and dads across the country can deny barbie and barney exist and take a vacation from all the repetitive (laughs) sing-alongs and storytelling i i i never liked barney Yeah, <laughs> but I do like my Barbies because I have some cool. Nah, I I never liked Barbie either, but I had to kind of just I had to repress my revulsion for her when when of course you know the the daughter of of this radical feminist harpy myself you know decided when she was a little kid that she was like totally into Barbie and and I had to just sort of just sort of you know get over that 
whole hatred of the whole Barney Bar, uh, Barbie as thing. A, I was as a lucky, child. I was not really into Barbie. I was very lucky to meant to have the ha, the age that my daughter was. I managed to miss the whole Barney thing for the most oh, part. Good. Yeah. So I mean, I it was a it was a little bit, but not much because I could kind of guide her into other things like anime. <laughs> so. Mm. So I got That's her good. away from that. You controlled, <laughs> you controlled the situation. Yeah, I, you know, I was you know, when you have someone younger than six years old, you can kind of, um, you can kind of guide them into what they're spending their days watching. You know, once they're older than, once they're like nine or ten, you, it's you're, it's out of your hands by that time. So mm. you got you got a small window of opportunity. Well, I didn't really get into Barbie until I was older, until I was actually an adult, when they came out with Barbie that was Katniss Everdeen. Ah. Uh, and I said, you know what? I like Barbies. I want to collect Barbies who have weapons. <laughs> so all my Barbies have weapons. <laughs> I have a Lieutenant Huru and she's got a phaser. <laughs> nice. So we've got to uh, say some birthday shout outs here too. We've got uh, on the 11th today is, is the birthday of Jermaine Jackson and most deaf. Yeah. On the 12th is Bob Barker and Dion Warwick, who I got to see a couple years ago at the um, Bethesda Blues and Jazz Club, which she was, it was really nice to see her. Oh. She's an icon. Did, yeah. she, did she sing any um, Baccarat? So, oh yes, he wrote um, a lot for her. So yeah, she yeah. Did, did a lot of those. Um, on the thirteenth is the birthday of Jamie Fox, Dick Van Dyke, and Taylor Swift, who's been involved in a major lawsuit to get the rights to um, perform her own songs. Yeah, she yeah, doesn't own the rights amazing? from the earlier ones. Yeah, so that's been a big. That's been well, a huge that's thing. because that you happened. know, yeah. Well, it's that's the that's the the usurious contract that yeah they make you sign when you when you enter um was it american idol whatever the hell it was <laughs> i don't remember the name of the show anymore but um i mean my daughter wanted to audition for that and i read through very carefully the terms and uh you know they own your ass for seven years they own mm. everything that you do was really. taylor swift on american idol I thought she wasn't she wasn't she like the first one or was that somebody else I'm confused about? I think I don't I don't think she was, but Okay, well I could be um, wrong. I don't know. I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> but um hmm. Oh, Taylor and yeah, Taylor Swift was never on American Idol. Okay. Some people say they saw her for less than a minute and dismissed as she was around 12 at the time, but there's no video or proof of her there okay so right. it's, it somehow is a rumor but it is oh, not true. okay so i don't know <laughs> that's okay on the 15th <laughs> it is the birthday of don johnson and on the 16th we're going in the wayback machine it is the birthday <laughs> of both jane austen who was born in 1775 and ludwig von beethoven who was born in 1770 i that is really weird and cool <laughs> and, and uh now I have to now I have to write something where they meet each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and on the seventeenth, it is the birthday of Pope Francis. So happy birthday, everybody. <laughs> and here's all the news that we can handle.
the news I see here is that there was a wedding yesterday. Yay! Yes, yes, yes. We want to say congratulations to Mr. and Mr. Kevin and Jonathan King. Um, Kevin is a longtime friend of ours, and yes. I was just happy to meet Jonathan finally. And I was um, the officiant at the wedding, which was really like a, a very much an honor to be able to be that involved. Yes, and Wendy a, and I were the witnesses. Yes. Yeah, this is a great, a great day yesterday. To, yeah. That we. Uh, that was fun. Know. Yeah, it was. It was. We played Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> and we had a wedding. <laughs> it was definitely interesting hearing you do the Dungeons and Dragons stuff while I was like setting up and everything, because I kind of. Like I just want to understand more of how that all works, you know. Oh, like, we it was the game fun. was totally like we were just want we're looking for this dragon that we're supposed to kill, and basically that's what we did for three hours. We're running around literally <laughs> in in this in ca this series of caves and mazes, um, and not finding the dragon yet. So okay, <laughs> so that's what we did yesterday, um, chasing our tails. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but in other news, what other news is there? The Supreme Court and will be hearing uh, arguments on a uh, on a, on their first major gun case. Yeah, since 2010. So yeah, it could be a big thing. As my understanding of it is that there's a law in New York that doesn't. You can buy a handgun for protection in in the city, but you're not supposed to take it out of the area and right yeah but they, they but they've since and then it instantly they canceled it, that law they amended it it's still in effect i mean there's they amended I heard it, it was not they amended it um and so but the the court's hearing the case anyway and um i think that um the you know the um i think the new york city the people who are are on the gun control side as opposed to the nra lobby side are going to try to make this whole thing moot because the law has been changed already mm. yeah that's what i heard um, so we'll see right right but the idea is just that that is um according to the gun rights folks that it it violates the second amendment because it's like controlling how you can use, use your, your firearm and where you can carry it and that sort of thing. So that's sort of their argument. And um, I know that they've started talking about this already in the Supreme court, I believe. So we'll guess we'll hear, I don't know when we'll hear anything about it, but it's kind of underway. So that's the thing. And um there has been a couple of really intense abortion bills that have come up. Um, but this one is the most insane. This is the most insane. So there's this is the, Ohio Ohio bill, the Ohio Bill 413. Right. Which then, basically says that a doctor has to attempt to reimplant a an ectopic pregnancy into the uterus. And if not, then they could be it's basically murder. <laughs> so. No, it's abortion murder. They've come up with this new term that's called abortion murder. And 
this is what happens when you have people in the legislature that have absolutely no fucking clue about medicine or science. And because, right. okay. Because what they're asking is not a thing that can happen. Actually. An ectopic, pre- let's, let's start from the beginning here. An ectopic yeah. pregnancy is when you have an egg that gets fertilized outside of the womb. So it's sort of like right in your abdominal cavity. And that is a death sentence for the woman. Or in your fallopian tube, right? No. Yeah, well, yeah, but it, it's not, ectopic is outside. Oh, and right. fallopian okay. tube pregnancy is, I mean, it becomes ectopic because at some point the, the blastocyst will explode the tube because it gets too big. Mm-hmm. Um, but an ectopic pregnancy is the egg doesn't even get into the tube. It sort of just sort of wanders off into the abdomen, into the abdominal cavity. And literally, it is a death sentence for the woman. Um, this was when I had my tubes tied. Uh, my gynecologist who did the surgery said to me that, you know, that the chances are very, 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 very small. But if you ever get pregnant again, it, the likelihood of it being ectopic is like almost guaranteed. Mm. So, um, but I mean, that, that would have, you know, that, uh, that particular sperm would have had to fight past a bunch of. So what is the normal, normal procedure when there, a woman has an ectopic pregnancy? Um, do they go in and do something about it or does it, does it like, mm, nullify itself or what it you have to go in you have to have surgery and have the uh the the fertilized egg removed so Get your hand away from your microphone <laughs> oh i'm sorry that's okay um so they're uh so they're um saying that they should remove the fertilized egg and then put it where it needs to be that's what they're saying. And, it, and doctors are saying that is not a thing that's possible. It's not possible. It's right. not possible. The uter- you know, it, you can't do that. That's not how when they when they implant a fertilized egg doing the in vitro stuff, that's not how they do it. You know, um, and it's it is not medically possible to do this, to have this this uh, fertilized egg or this ectopic pregnancy survive after it's you know been in there and 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 they're now they're saying this law is going to criminalize doctors that that remove an ectopic pregnancy so they're basically contemning women to death either way Mm -hmm. right i I honestly though i wonder if this is just not an overton window thing because it's hard for me to believe that people are entirely believing that something like this will pass and it's more like say something that's so completely crazy that the next thing that they say that's farther to the right of anything before just sounds less nuts than this. You know what oh, I mean? So in other words, in other words, they're looking for a compromise on something else. I mm. wonder. Yeah, because mm. it's, it just sounds so crazy. I, or or they, well, there's one in Pennsylvania that's about um, you have to hold a funeral for any um, fertilized this- egg or fetus that doesn't survive or whatever so basically you have like, to hold a lot a, of times you don't you have to hold a you have to get a death certificate every time you have a period hmm. that's what that's what it basically sounds like oh, you know God, these people and, I, and also it's just the fact that you can't really yeah there the, that happens 
for often mostly just naturally, like if there's a fertilized egg and it doesn't, it's not going to be viable or something happens, you'll just pass it in your period. You will never know even, you know, yeah. so it's, uh, that's what a friend of mine posted the other day. It's like, okay. Yeah. Exactly what you said. Now yeah, we, I, I, every period, basically. I'm wondering, you know, maybe they're doing this to appease whatever base they think they need to appease to get reelected. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just such a waste of fucking time and energy because, you know, even, I mean, if you ignore it and say, oh my God, this will never pass. This is how we got fucking president Trump. Right. You know, I mean, if you don't, if you're not, if you're complacent about this and you don't like scream from the, the rooftops, it, it will pass. And then, you know, you can't like exist as a woman in Ohio. So then what can they do about this? Well, I think what Wendy's saying, I mean, I think being vocal, you know, I, I think you're right, because I suspect that it's not an entirely serious law attempt. But I agree. I, I you know, that's a good point, Wendy, that you probably just being loud about it and whatever yeah. kind of protest we can make about it. That just says we won't accept that. Right. Kind of I, it's ridiculous. It's. <sighs> so what can our listeners do about it? I don't know. Or if you're in Ohio, get on the phone with your with your legislature legislators and ask them why are they wasting everyone's time on this bullshit? Mm. <laughs> you know, because it's bullshit. Yep. <laughs> it, in a word, you are correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What else? Anything else? Oh, and Billy, uh, yeah, Dean. I just like the fact that Billy D. Williams came out as gender fluid yeah that was pretty cool yeah yeah age 82 or whatever <laughs> you know to just to talk about that and i just think that he's uh you know in the article i'm reading an article in um in out.com uh where he used he referred to himself as himself and herself periodically through the interview uh a couple times you know and he just he's cool and i just remember him being kind of an icon of of sexiness definitely in the black community i think my mom had a big crush on him and um, <laughs> you know and um also, you know and he was also funny because he was in all the cult 45 commercials so he was kind of made fun of <laughs> um but he's also in the upcoming uh star wars movie mm -hmm. okay rise of skywalker which is coming out on the 20th i believe um so you know he's iconic in a way that um I think is, I guess I have fond memories of him being a kid and, so and seeing him. My question is, has he always been this way and just kept it on, like the, kept it under the, under wraps out of the public eye and, and he's finally just saying, yeah, I've been like this, or is this something he's recently come to discover about himself? It's interesting. <laughs> it says, um. Let me see the quote I was looking for. I never tried to be anything. I never tried to be anything except myself, William said. I think of myself as a relatively colorful character who doesn't take himself or herself too seriously, was one of the things he said. Um, uh, I don't know. This was in an interview with Esquire where he, he opened up a lot more about it. So hmm. you could definitely go check that out. But okay. um, it's interesting. I mean, one of the things that I've noticed is that we've just been given more language to talk about these things okay 
You okay. know, I yeah. definitely didn't. I mean, I, I've used words to describe my gender a bit in the past, but I, in the last decade, we've gotten a lot more language that you can talk about those things more concretely and um, in a, in a cross across space, like people are using some of the same terms and things like mm. that. So, you know, I mean, it's very feasible for someone to hear, start hearing things about that and go like, oh, well, I've always felt like that. I just, I yeah. never could put it into words before, you know? So that's, I don't know. That's kind of like me and paganism. Yeah. Because I didn't know there was a path for me until crap, until I was almost 30 or in my twenties, you mm. know? Um, and and that's another thing about all of, all of the gender stuff. It's it's I have been, I guess, conditioned to just think of myself as female, and I have been, I guess, working to push the boundaries of what female is, mm -hmm. rather than thinking of it as other or a third thing or whatever. You know? Yeah. I, and it's it's interesting how how the language has changed and and how we've gotten you know, more ways to describe ourselves. So, yeah. yeah okay. I would, I would, I would, I would get that. I would accept that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well. All right. Is that new. it? Is that all our news great. that we can yeah. handle? This? <laughs> that's all I can handle. <laughs> Yo, what up? This is the poet known as Analysis, and you're listening to The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. This is what you need. Don't miss an episode. Sex is awesome, and we talk about why in our December exclusive Patreon segment, Knowing and Being at Ease with Your Sexual Self. Join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash leftscape for as little as $1 per month. That's patreon.com slash leftscape. We hope to see you there. I'm here with Mrs. Aretta Cuff, who is a great friend of mine. Um, she, I've known her literally all of my life. Um, she grew up in Bridgeton, New Jersey, uh, went to Bridgeton High School, and graduated in 1954. Um, and we were hanging out, spending some time on Thanksgiving, and we were talking a little bit, and I was really fascinated um, by something she was saying uh, you were talking well say hi first of all <laughs> <laughs> hello <laughs> and um you were talking about uh being on a sports team and taking a bus to go to a sports event and what what happened with that well i was on the varsity hockey team at that time and they made us stay on the bus we couldn't get out on the field. I guess uh, they didn't. I don't know how it happened, but anyway, that's we stayed on the bus. Hmm. And that was like, do you think they were just trying to hide the black students or didn't want them, no, didn't they want had, trouble, didn't want you to be able to play? or They, they claimed that uh, they didn't want any fighting or anything. But the girls that were on the bus, 
at that time, and they weren't uh, troublemakers anyway. Hmm. And I don't think any of them ever fought, as far as I know. Yeah. What was it about that particular school? Because you said that you got to play in other places, right? Yeah, that was in uh, Gloucester. Gloucester. I don't know if it was Gloucester City or Gloucester, but it was over there. Hmm. And they have an all-white team? I didn't get to see. You didn't get to see, right? (laughs) Wow. How did you feel in that experience? Yeah. I guess you just accepted everybody else was on there with me. We we just talked and waited for them to come back. Hmm. Mm Hmm. It feels really strange to think about sort of just accepting that kind of an experience. Yeah, well, what could you do? Yeah. I mean, uh, if you said anything or did anything, you'd probably got kicked off the team. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I, it's, I'm just sort of recording that experience. That, I don't know what to say to it. It's, I feel really, like, dumbfounded, literally. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, well, things happen. A lot of things happen. They, they try to cover it up, but we knew what was going on. I guess I wasn't the first time. It was my first time, but the other girls, I guess. It happened other places, or yeah. other, or just at that place. That's just at that school. No, I don't know. It was another place. Um, I went to church one time too, and uh, uh, I had we were on our way to Delaware and to, to my uncle's house. And we stopped at church in Woodstown. And I told the priest that we uh, had church in uh, Woodstown. And he said, no, you didn't either. I said, yes, I did. And I said, how come you say that? He said, they don't, they don't uh, allow blacks in that church. I said, well, we were there. Hmm. And we had church. He said, I don't know what, what happened. I said, well, Maybe you need to ask the priest. Yeah. Wow. In the movie theaters, we had to sit upstairs, too. And, uh, see, in the, sometimes in the schools, uh, if you go on field trips and everything, <clears throat> they would more or less keep um, together. But I was lucky I was the only one in my class. So they couldn't do too much. Oh, you were the only person yeah. of color in your class. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. In, in in all all through high school or? No, just in the junior in the elementary school. Oh, okay, elementary school. Yeah, they were tricky there too. Like when you went to get uh, take um, sign up for your uh, studies when you went over to junior high and all. The guidance counselor would try to deter you to take other subjects instead of like the teaching subjects and all. Yeah, they were really slick. They would talk to you like you're not quite ready for that and stuff. And they they would really know how to handle it. Hmm. So they would steer you away from more academic things? Some of the kids... Their parents were teachers and all, so they went and had, they fussed about it, and the kids got what they needed. Mm-hmm. 
do you remember other things that stand out to you? Positive, negative, or just <laughs> anything to do with... I, I, I'm very... Some of the churches yeah. were prejudiced, too. They would... You'd have a section to sit in. Uh, in the white churches. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was always an Episcopalian and uh, well, I didn't go back to the Episcopal Italian Church until I guess I was married. Mm. Because uh, they felt that uh, you were felt as though you were accepted. And after I got back in church, well, before that, we had a priest that came over from the islands. And his family had Sunday school in the house for us around in the neighborhood. And... Uh, then uh, the diocese made them accept us. Hmm. So we got to go down to church. So this was around what year would that be? Oh, that would in the forties, end of the forties, I guess. Middle. I think the war was still in Second World War. Mm -hmm. It made no difference. to it. It was awful. I remember. We went out and got flowers for the altar and everything. And uh, we had a nice time. His family, he had two daughters and his wife, and they all taught Sunday school. Hmm. That was really nice. Yeah, but, I was born in Piscopel. was baptized at three months old. Okay. Nice. That must have felt good to be seen as part of the whole community. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, so another thing that you mentioned was about when you were older, when you were married. Oh, come on. <laughs> and you said you were riding in a car. Um, and in Atlantic City. In Atlantic City. And the, the cop stopped you and we were asked, waiting for the light to change. Oh, you were waiting at the light, okay. Yeah, and he wanted to know what I was doing in the car with that man. And I told him he was my husband. He rolled his eyes and walked away. Yeah. So I'm thinking that that was because of, of making assumptions about skin color? Yes. Okay. I don't think it could have been anything else. Because my husband was a very good driver. Made all the rules. That was his livelihood, driving. Mm -hmm. Where did he used to drive? He, he was a truck driver. Right. Mm -hmm. So he drove all over the country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really because he is darker skinned and you're lighter skinned, and maybe yeah. they were just assuming you were an interracial couple or something like that. I don't know what he really thought, but I guess that's exactly what it was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It never happened anymore, but that's what happens. Yeah, I'm telling you. I guess it, so. They really haven't changed all that much because they still uh, pretty bad with the way the cops treat the people when they arrest them and all. Yeah, that can be that can be really scary. Mm. Driving while black, eating while black. They remember, did you hear the story about the guy who was arrested for eating a sandwich on the train platform? Yeah. It's like, 
<laughs> he eats it up. Just a little bit much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, so I'm curious about, you know, that incident happened with the, with the, the cop asking you questions and things like that. But do you remember how color was treated in, in either within the black community or outside just based on skin color? Was there a lot of sort of, um, I don't know, ways that people thought about that? But Yeah, well, well Ocean City, you weren't allowed to, on the boardwalk unless you were pushing, you were a babysitter for a family or something and lived with them. You just couldn't go up on the boardwalk or go out on the beach. Really? Just any any yeah, person of color, not just not like shade of color, but any for any, any black person. Uh, yeah, black person. They weren't allowed. My husband had a delivery down there one day in Ocean City, and I took Donnie, and we went down Your to meet him and had lunch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Yeah, they didn't bother us. Oh wow. So that was like sort of, diff- was that an actual law at the time or just a convention? I guess it must have been because I've heard about it so many times. Mm. I, I don't know if uh, I never tried that one. Uh, but uh, I've heard about it many a times. My stepmother was, she was from Virginia and uh, they talked about it. They would come up and in the summer that would be some of their jobs to take care of to be the babysitters or the nannies for the kids. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't go back afterwards or after work or anything. Hmm. Yeah, everything is hidden nowadays though. I mean you don't you don't hear about it anymore. And people still think it's fine. You know. Just like uh, over here to Clementon Park. Uh, only time we could go into Clementon Park is if there was a Sunday school picnic or something. So when they opened up uh, Clementon Park and let everybody go, I wouldn't go. Didn't want me before. Don't need me now. Wow. And see, that's where I went. I grew up going there. It was like my favorite place. Uh-huh. I never had any idea that it was like yeah. that. I think Centerton was like that, too. It was another amusement park down uh, Cumberland County. Mm. No, I guess that would have been Salem County. It was on the edge right there. Okay. Wow. Well, um, so how do you, do you remember a time when things changed? I mean, it, it's not, we, it's definitely not perfect now, you know, but what are your memories of when things started to open up and become better for people? Oh, I didn't really have any any trouble too much. I could get away. Mm. I didn't have, I didn't have to, you know, I could just pretty much do what, pretty much get away with more than anybody else. Mm. Okay. But I'll tell you another incident. And that hasn't been too many years ago. When Isabel was living, we were at a thrift store. And who was Isabel, just for the audience? Isabel Wolf. Okay. And uh, I always, uh, she was like my second mother. Uh And uh, we were in a thrift store. 
and I had to go to the bathroom and I asked one of the girls that was working there if they had a ladies room and uh, she told me no. So Isabel was up front at the register and I walked up to Isabel and I said, Isabel, ask the girl if there's a bathroom in here. And I went on back to the back and Isabel stood in the front of the store and hollered all the way to the back of the store. Yeah, the bathroom is right back there, around through that door. <laughs> <laughs> so I just politely went to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you know what that one's about, too, don't you? I do. I, do. I think I do, for sure. So that was, when, what year was that? <laughs> Isabel died in 05. I had to be ready, like, be around 20, 20, 22 to 24, somewhere, somewhere in there. 22? 2002. Oh, oh, 2002. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's yeah, super just recent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you still find it. Yeah. Most people, I try to bend over backwards. Um, well, you think they do anyway, they seem to, and a lot of people have changed, but there's still some that hold a grudge, I guess you want to call. Mm -hmm. Um, do you remember, I guess I was trying to figure out, you know, we think about the civil rights movement and things changing for black people around that time do you do you have like specific memories of that that like things being coming different or either either before that or, or during that time no it seems like it's still oh well um yes it does it has changed a little bit because uh with the housing and different things if you can pay if you have enough money to pay then you can get better housing and all Otherwise, you would be put someplace else. Mm -hmm. That happens. And then um, different things. Uh, people have uh, better educations now. And uh, that makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. And you think that's because of the laws changing to yeah. insist that we that get to get, go to schools? Yeah, maybe because of the people are getting better educated and all. And uh, well, it's sad. sometimes I guess they didn't even let the people in certain schools. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they really tried. And Trump, he's he really trying to send us all back to Africa. <laughs> I was going to ask. I was debating whether or not I was going to ask you about Trump and what you think. I, um, what do you think about him in comparison to other presidents we've had and other? people you've, you've seen in your life in politics? Well, I don't know. He With all his money, so he says he has and everything, and his education and everything else, he's about the most... I don't know. He's He doesn't have no class at all. And he, he just... He's really rough. And he... I don't think he even thinks before he speaks. And he doesn't care what he says or whose feelings he hurts. 
And he, he just, it just looks like he's out to ruin everything. Yeah. That's my worry, for sure. Mm-hmm. Do, uh, I, I, I was always thinking, like, you know, people compare him to Watergate. No, we would. Different. I don't think so, because yeah. he wrote a book and he said that he was going to destroy us. And uh, that's what he, it looks like he's trying to do. Was that an art of the deal? Hmm? Was that an art of the deal you're talking about? I don't know what it was, and, but uh, I saw him on television one night and he was talking. And he sure wasn't talking good. Mm. He he has no class at all. Yeah. So what would you hope that people learn from the past and some uh, you know the, the the even though it's not all that you know obviously you can find instances of people being turned away from places and things like that even now in some ways or the harassment that can happen but is there any sort of um, thing that you consider is there any like sort of definite progress that you see or any sort of wisdom you'd want to give people about what the past was like and what we could become I don't know I think that uh for one thing, we have to try to stay behind the children and raise them right and let them know what the past was like. And uh, maybe they can uh, sort of guide us through. Mm -hmm. I think that's where the hope is. Yeah. What do you think about the young activists now? I think that the, the, some of them are right, but some of them go about it uh, too harshly, I think. I mean, they have to go more or less like on uh, Martin Luther King's ideas, I think. Mm -hmm. You mean like nonviolence? Yeah, nonviolence and stuff. I think that would be the best way. Mm -hmm. Because uh, we sure don't want a civil war. No, we don't. But I don't know. What do you, what do you say to someone who says, like, I, I need to express we need to, it, we're in an urgent point, you know, and we can't really be too quiet about it. We have to stand up, Is you know? Yeah, well, you can stand up to a certain a point, but, uh, and, and really try and stuff. And if we get enough people together, I think that we can overcome. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, we do have more people than they do. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. You know, they say the gerrymandering is the, a big problem mm -hmm. where you're they create districts that are so that deliberately divide people. Yeah, we you know? have to uh, like uh, at least uh, stop trying to make all the money you can make and try to get the world we live in better. Mm -hmm. What surprises you most about what's different for either people of color or women or anyone in our, in our society? No, I, I don't know, but uh, it seems like to me that whenever, whenever uh, someone comes to this country, they're always down for a long time. Mm. But we've been down ever since they brought us here. Mm. 
And now I don't know when we're going to get our turn. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. And it's not fair. Mm. I mean, there's some people that you can't fall for anything. But there's some that make up for all of them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hi, Shiloh. Shiloh wants to talk to you. <laughs> well... But you do have hope in the yeah. for the kids, huh? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to get to them, but uh, I hope we can. And uh, the people today, they don't even uh, believe in church. I mean, even if the parents didn't go to church, back in our time, the kids had to go. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's an interesting topic. I mean, there are a lot of different spiritual paths or there are ways that people can be good people that aren't necessarily religious. I mean, that's what I think anyway. No, you don't have to be religious. Mm -hmm. No, but I mean, um, well, I'll tell you one thing, though. If you don't have a little bit of religion, you don't have anything to fall back on when you're in trouble. And it holds you up. Hmm. I mean, uh, at least... We're not sure of anything, really, but uh, at least we can hope. Okay. Well, I'm glad that gives you hope. Mm-hmm. And I think that works for a lot of people, and for me. And I mean, I'm not Christian, but I'm. Yeah, um, well. But I'm. But I have. You I have, have faith in something, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Very not cool. even. <laughs> Maybe I am. That's Maybe another topic. <laughs> That's another topic for another day. <laughs> I'm going to let it go. I want to listen to this and uh, see how loud the bird was. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome, honey. Wendy here to tell you about my coloring book special offer. You can purchase all three of my coloring books for just $35. That's 30% less than if you purchased each book separately. This deal includes The Wendala Coloring Book, Volumes 1 and 2, and Harlequin and Other Fantasies, Meditative Coloring for Grown-Ups. That's 50 individual pieces to color. Go to wendycards.etsy.com. That's Wendy Cards with a Z, where the shipping is always free. Want to add some alternative holiday music to your playlist to help keep you in the Whamageddon game? I've got some. Hare Krishna Christmas is a holly jolly parody that celebrates the joy of blending holiday traditions and almost had a holiday is proof that just because your seasonal plans don't quite work out doesn't mean you can't get a happy little pop tune out of it. Go to robinrenee.com and click on music to download Hare Krishna Christmas and almost had a holiday. And if you'd like to give the gift of peace this season, my acoustic Kirtan chant CD, This, plus a download code for my Mantra Pop album, Live Devotion, are available together for only $15. Go to robinrenee.com and click Contact to put in your request. Many thanks for your support all year, and happy holidays, one and all.
Well, today on the Blanket Fort, uh, we are sort of between, in America anyway, we're between the, the two big holiday, family holiday gathering days. We've We've managed to get through Thanksgiving, so congratulations, everybody, <laughs> for getting through Thanksgiving. Um, and we've got uh, the massive various winter holidays, uh, mostly dominated by Christmas, um, coming up. There's a war on that, I hear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, the war on Thanksgiving, that was amazing. Oh, right. That's, it's, I think it's more of the war. And, and it's... Uh, <laughs> That one guy who does the the web, it's not really a, well, it's sort of a comic. He's like, takes a picture of himself in front of a blackboard and it's something against the world or something. I forget the name of it, but he had a very lovely little chart about the war on Thanksgiving. <laughs> if anything, he the quote was, if anything, if there is a war on Christmas, it's Halloween protecting Thanksgiving. Because uh, it showed like this, you know, like a, a map of the, you know, like a war map with with Christmas down on the bottom with arrows pointing up at Thanksgiving and Halloween was on top of Thanksgiving with arrows pointing down because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanksgiving is like the um, the overlooked middle child of holidays now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. I mean, for me, Thanksgiving is the big one because I really don't do Christmas, but um but yeah, it's, uh, you know, some people and some families are problematic. And, and and even if your family is, you know, if you don't have issues with your parents, there's always like that uncle or aunt or, or cousin or whoever who will show up and, and talk about things that will point to their racism or other uh, political opinions that may not jibe with your own um and there's always the the other the peacemaker that said can we not talk about this particular topic today and can we all like just have like a thing like just to get along and not end up screaming at each other yeah. do you have that kind of dynamic at your holiday um or? no well maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> let me think about this uh, i thought that the family <laughs> Your family all talks about um, their bowel movements. Well, that too, yeah. Oh God! <laughs> no, that no, you will not. You will not sit down with the Sheridans for any meal <laughs> without excrement coming into the conversation at some point. Some some uh, excretia coming out of your buttocks, whether it be solid, liquid, or gaseous form, um, will be discussed and hopefully not smelled if you're lucky. Um, cause sometimes there does, there does come, uh, they do have a, uh, fart competition occasionally. Oh, wow. <laughs> what a holiday tradition. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah that, there should be a day on the calendar for that. Let us not have, I am not, I am not going to propose Depend a day on me. the calendar for, for fart and newt or whatever you want to call it. Add that to Festivus <laughs> activities. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So fart competition for Festivus. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, it's the it's usually the turkey gravy that elicits those. So you know, um, but yes. I'm talking more about um, politics. Yeah, it's it's well, it's politics for sure. But it's also, you know, you may have you may have a racist relative that doesn't know how to just keep it to themselves for the rest of the day for a day. Um, and I don't even really know. 
they don't realize they are what they're saying is heard that way you know i, I yeah. know people who um i've had experiences in the, more in family reunion i don't really mm. have a I, like a, that's when i see like extended family i really have don't have family that i do those these holidays with right um you know and i'll i've heard people say things that i will be um not entirely shocked but just kind of like wow you really said that out loud and you don't <laughs> even hear yourself kind of moment you know um that oh, was a challenge and and you've actually reminded me of the phrase i i tell people to use and i never remember when i need to use it um the phrase is i'm surprised you feel comfortable saying that hmm Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good one. Way. It's a really good one. I and I forget where I learned it. <laughs> I think I learned it from some other someone else's uh, "How to Survive the Holiday" kind of thing. Um, it's I'm surprised you feel comfortable saying that. Is a non-accusatory way of telling the person that they've crossed a line. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because you're you're owning your own reaction and you're not calling them out yeah and it's kind of it's pretty true too because i feel like that's how i feel when i hear <laughs> someone say something you are surprised i'm just i am honestly surprised and and it and it's cuts you it doesn't you you you're stopping yourself before you're like wow you're a douchebag like you're not yeah. giving them any <laughs> feedback yeah. you're just saying this is well I, this is how i feel about that you yeah know? so so practice that in front of the mirror <laughs> before you go to your thing i'm surprised you feel comfortable saying that yeah. um and hopefully uh and that way you know the person who's being the douchebag is the one that's going to have the reaction and not you so <laughs> so if they were trying to provoke you it didn't work you know so that's that's one thing yeah. um leaving the room is is also a completely valid action to take um, and if you don't want to do it in a way that you're perceived as, you know, I'm flouncing out of here, assholes, uh, you can just like go to the bathroom or something because that would, you know, that doesn't necessarily give anybody any ammo to use against you. So, uh, taking yourself out of the situation is, is also preferable if you don't want to start a thing. Uh, starting a thing is also on your list of options, but that, you know, that all depends on, you know, your standing, your current, uh, standing in the, in the family tree. Like if it's your house, I, I think you can, you are within your rights to say like, uh, we don't talk, we don't talk like that here. Um, and I've had to do that with uh some of my uh, younger family members at not at not at a um i guess it was a summer holiday it was like a barbecue and some of the guys were getting a little uh a little too racist for my comfort and i just said you know we don't talk like that here and they stopped and they kind of remember that now when they come over so i've only had to correct them once which was nice that is good good yeah, I, I feel like there's um, it is important to talk to people, especially people that we know about the the political stuff that's happening. Like avoiding it entirely. I don't know 
helps. Like it doesn't help anyone understand racism if you never address it with them, you know, mm, yeah, or, or any of the isms. But I, I'm not thinking that Thanksgiving or Christmas or Hanukkah are the times to do it. So I, yeah. I you know, I don't know. I mean, sometimes it is if something's right in front of you, it's the time to talk about it then. But I understand the desire to just want to get through the day and not and not have a blow up and have a decent. <laughs> Have a decent, like Be able to thing. eat a meal without you know having to have ulcers about it. And yeah, I mean it is you know confronting confronting family members is is fraught with anxiety and and other things because there's always there's always a lot you know you got that whole history with that person, um, and uh, you know I guess it's also depending on on you know why you're showing up at the family thing anyway um you know is it because is it because there's people coming in that you haven't seen in years and you want and this is like your only opportunity and and you might not want to to start a thing if that's like like one of the few times you see somebody um or you you know i mean there's other things that i've done which is kind of yeah if it's if it's a big enough gathering and sometimes these things are that big you really can avoid people after the initial, hi, how are you doing? You barely, you know, sometimes there's enough people there that you don't even talk to them for the rest of the night. Mm. So yeah, <laughs> I've, I've done that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think my family is big enough that we've kind of split up into camps and the people who are right wing have their own dinner at one house and the people oh, wow. who are left wing <laughs> have their own dinner at another house. So we don't seem to have any problem. Sounds like a microcosm of our country. <laughs> yeah. But then what I see is there we're never going to come to a compromise if we don't talk among ourselves. I mean, talk, you know, to, if we're just listening to people who back us up, we're never going to learn anything. Right. But I mean, what kind of compromise are you thinking about? Well, I would just like like to understand why a person feels the way they do and, and also try to get them to understand why I feel the way I do. Yeah. Do you think, do you think that actually happens? I'd like to think in, in a, in a good world that 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 could happen. I'm talking about, our the real world. world. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I have family that I feel both um, close enough to, I have enough, you know, enough affinity for, and I also feel are um, thinking and, and I know that they're loving per- people, you know, one, one person that I'm thinking of in particular who. We haven't had we've 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 approached some conversations. There are others that I think we could have, and I think there could be, even if we don't wind up at the same conclusion. I think there's a way of feeling each other's humanity mm. and understanding, and having some understanding. You know, mm-hmm. and I think there's value in that. Yeah, okay. you know, because that's a way. I think we have this cartoon idea of what someone is like if they are if they have a certain voting pattern or whatever. And that's not always true. And that's what I would want in, in some instances. I mean, in other instances, I think I, I don't 
I don't have enough of a connection with the person and I hear what they say and I think that they're doing harm in the world. And I'm like, you know what? I just, I can't even, you know, but other times there, there is, there are those places where, and people where I'm like, oh, I want to feel your heart about this. Mm. And it might be a really hard conversation. Mm. Um, one I'm thinking of is I have family in the South and who at one point in time had slaves. Yikes. Yeah. And I've heard, um, I've heard what I would consider very revisionist history of what some, some of that might have been like. And it's. Oh, they real... were they were the nice slave owners, right? That, uh... Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And they had it's... the happy slaves. Right. <laughs> yeah. The ones that they're writing about in the Texas history books. Right. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's hard. And I think that people grow up with a rose colored vision of what that history was like and it's obviously really upsetting to me but it's also it feels like they honestly feel what they're they feel what they've been taught to believe about it too yeah they so believe it's not it. coming out of like i'm one malice it's coming out of this is what i've heard all my life you know and it's well those are the kind of beliefs that when they do realize that it wasn't how they think it was it's that's the their brain kind of breaks for a while yeah but how to get them to the point where they realize that it wasn't the way they thought it was that's well yeah it's hard you know but i mean i think that if you know this version all their lives you're not going to change their mind well i don't know that i will change minds but i know that i can or someone can, you know, I mean, it's, it's obviously, it's great to have other white people talking to white people about these things, you know, and that is one of the, I, I do think that that, why, that's why I mentioned, there's, I think there's value in speaking up when you hear things mm-hmm. in family and whatever, but also, I, you know, if I know someone closely enough that if that kind of an uncomfortable topic comes up and there's a way that I can, I can bridge the gap and have mm. some kind of discussion. I, I think it's it's something I want to do, even though it's really fucking hard, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess that's another aspect is if you're like, for, for example, for me at Thanksgiving, I'm the one hosting and I'm preparing the meal. And it's like, I really don't have the energy to do like all of like a huge amount of emotional labor to try to you know enlighten people about stuff sure. you're um, too busy <laughs> making gravy yeah i'm too part <laughs> <laughs> so it, you know so you have to you have to just balance the things you know um i mean there were there were times in the past especially you know when i was a lot younger um and a lot more of a firebrand, I guess, that uh, I would be the match on the oily rags at these things. And, mm-hmm. and then, and then stuff would blow up and it would get kind of uncomfortable for everybody. So, um, and I guess I just would rather not do that in my house. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I think I deal with these days is the residual energy that of anxiety that happened in my in my family growing up 
where it's taken a long time. And I think it gets better and better every year. But for a long time, a lot of my, I would just have this full-blown holiday anxiety based on nothing happening in real time. Ooh. It would just be like, I would have memories of, of, of Christmas being difficult for me in a lot of ways and things like that. And I would just like imp impose that on whatever current situation was happening <laughs> and wind up in tears and just be, a, I was just kind of a mess, you know? And now I, you know, I get to choose who I spend holidays with or not to do them. You know, I'm glad that we mm -hmm. get together usually and do something for Yule. Um, and that feels meaningful to me. I, I go to usually at least a, a Hanukkah party, one, one of our friends' Hanukkah parties, um, which, is, which is nice and was not a tradition that I grew up with, but it's one that feels very... Um, it feels very vital to me. It's something that I really look forward to. Yeah, I uh, think that Hanukkah and Passover both are my my Jewish holiday <laughs> traditions now. Hanukkah wasn't really a big deal for a very very long time, and I think um, it got more prominent in the United States. You know, um, to compete in, with Christmas, like the, right? yeah, because you know, I as as children, you see, you know, if you're Jewish, you're seeing everybody else getting all this stuff and the presents and and you know, the movies and the the whole <laughs> the the whole war on anything but Christmas um, happening in December, and so I guess the the rabbis were saying, all right, let's uh, let's elevate Hanukkah into a thing. Like, cause that way, you know, you get like eight days of socks instead <laughs> of one day of, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. And some chocolate um, coins and yeah. You know? <laughs> and the whole dread. I think the chocolate dreidel coins and the dreidel was probably there before, wow. but, um, it was a minor holiday compared to, you know, the, the, the fall holiday, like Yom Kippur and, and Passover. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, and then there's that chart that's floating around that, that describes all of the Jewish holidays in the year uh, by uh, did, did they, did people, did they try to kill us? Yes or no. Let's eat. Uh, <laughs> were you planting a tree? Right. <laughs> it was this whole chart of, of what happened. Uh, most that. of the holidays are us, you know, narrowly avoiding genocide, um, which is kind of remarkable how many of those there are. Uh, yeah. um, and uh so, yeah, I think, and, and also I just want to say that I think Hanukkah starts uh, like December 23rd or 24th this year, mm -hmm. which is way better than it's starting on my birthday, which it also does, which I always felt cheated. Right, right. <laughs> like, I remember thank, the Thanksgiving. That was kind of cool. <laughs> that one year. Yeah. <laughs> I think that won't, it won't happen for another like 2000 years or something where it will fall Probably. that early again. <laughs> But, well, or if it or if it falls early and Thanksgiving falls late, I think that must have been it. Right? Maybe, yeah. Somehow it, yeah. Because Thanksgiving was late this year because mm -hmm. everybody started having sales the week before Thanksgiving because right, right. they're used to doing it that week and not the week that we actually had it. So, but I really appreciate um, creating the holidays that I want. My Christmas is often I'll get some Indian takeout the day before. <laughs> and well, I sometimes help my neighbor, like I'll do like, a, I'll help my neighbor have a Christmas tree and do something like that. But that's usually before, you know, it's not Christmas Eve. Um, maybe spend a little so, time. So you're constructing your holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Spend a little time with people I want. And then 
try to have a quiet one. I think that's how I've dealt with Christmas because it used to be, I used to have such emotional upset just based on things in my family dynamic or whatever that it would just come anyway. And now it's like, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to have a very quiet time to myself. If I go anywhere, I rarely go on any, anywhere on Christmas Day. I just kind of almost avoid it, which I don't want to be avoidant, but I but I want to recreate. So I'm I'm somewhere in between those things right now, I think. Mm. Well, for for the family that you know, my it's basically my husband's family. They're they're Catholic. So it's the we do they do Christmas Eve is the big gathering. Mm. And and at you know, um, and after my mom died on the solstice in two thousand three, thanks, mom. Um, kind of messed everything up since then, in in some ways, you know, because you have the the anniversary of the death, and that kind of, and I and I remember there were a few years where I would celebrate Christmas by watching all four Alien movies. <laughs> that was my Christmas movies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, I that's because that was the mood I was in. I well, because everybody else, everybody else went to uh, my mother in law's, and I'd stay home and watch people shoot up aliens for a, a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I needed for my own emotional uh, sanity, I guess. Mm-hmm. Christmas Day has always been a very quiet day because everything is closed for once, so yeah. there's not much to do. You don't go to the movies? Not really. Yeah, I I have. It depends on what movies are. I, it's like movies are a whole other thing, and and Marvel screwed everything up for me with Avengers, the the first uh, Infinity War, um, which I think was I don't remember when that came out. It was either Thanksgiving or Christmas, and that just or whatever it was. Whenever it came out, maybe it was May, but it screwed everything up for me since then because I got so upset at the end of that movie. I didn't want to go to a movie ever so mm-hmm. it happened it happened too close to the death of a very good friend of mine and i was and i named my cats after characters in the movie that did not survive the movie Aww. so i was like i usually i have never gone come out of a marvel movie feeling like shit before and i did that time yeah and... i remember that i was very i was kind of worried about you <laughs> at that moment <laughs> Uh, oh, it was just got me really depressed. And, and, uh, so you're blaming all movies because of this particular movie? No, it just, it killed the joy of going to the movies. Like, why do I want to spend $40 to be, to not feel good afterwards? Mm. I'll wait till it comes out on, uh, on, you know, HB on a streaming service or comes out on TV. I don't need to, I don't need to see it in the theaters. And it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and that was, uh, you know, I mean, I'm saving a lot of money and I watch the movies eventually. It's like I don't feel the need now to be seeing stuff on the first day. And I don't feel, you know, it just it 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 killed something. So thanks a lot. Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. well. And I don't know. I don't know that it's worth fighting to get that back. Huh. You know, I don't think so. I used to go to the movies. Uh, I remember very specifically um there was a version of Hamlet that, uh, what's his name? The British actor. Branagh. Yeah, Branagh. Yeah, Kenneth Branagh. 
did. And I went to see that. I really enjoyed that a lot. And so then the next year, um, I was going to do it again. And I talked my husband into coming with me. We'll go to the movies because he never likes to do anything with company anyway. He likes to be quiet. And there was a movie called Quills that had been a play that I really wanted to see. And I thought, oh, I want to go see the movie. A little did I know that it was it was about the Marquis de Sade and how he <laughs> dies in prison. And, 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 and it's, it was so depressing that when, that when we walked out, my husband said, thanks a lot. <laughs> I spent my Christmas day watching this guy die in prison. <laughs> Is that the one with Jeffrey Rush? Yes, yes, with Jeffrey okay, Rush. Okay, I didn't see that. I didn't see it on Christmas. but yeah. I <laughs> I mean, That was a great Christmas TV. movie. <laughs> Is that where he wrote on the wall? With, yeah, like, with in his bodily fluid. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like he should have just gone home and watched the the video of the Yule log. After that. <laughs> yeah, sort of bring it back. <laughs> yeah, well, which I actually really appreciate. I like that. It's not yeah, on TV like anymore, but I'll watch it on video on YouTube. <laughs> well, yeah, there's like the Channel Eleven does it. YouTube. Oh, do they? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. I'll have to. Maybe I'll find it. Well, I hope you guys have the holiday that you want this season. My, are you listeners? The, those of you listening, <laughs> God, that really was very awkward. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hope you have a, a, a the holiday that you want to have, and that that if there are problematic people, that you can uh, avoid them or deal with them in a way that empowers you, <laughs> and. Uh, and keeps you centered and and how you want to be and enjoying your holiday yeah yes 